This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 346 with Leanne Cabot. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 346. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Leanne Cabot is the CEO of MamaCon, an award-winning conference for moms and host of the Five Seasons of Connection podcast. She is also an author, speaker, parent coach, and former teacher who helps women live more intentionally, more confidently, and more deeply connected to those they love using the transformational power of the Five Seasons strategy. Leanne developed this framework because in 2006, she received a medical diagnosis that gave her five years to live and every second with her three children mattered. Over a decade later, she is healthy, happy, and only two countries away from reaching her life goal of visiting 50 countries before she turns 50. This is Leanne's second time on the show, and she always brings all the goosebumps and a few tears and a lot of truth bombs. So I could not be more excited to have Leanne back on the show to share her brilliance. She also spoke at Shameless MomCon and was amazing and powerful and transformational. So I adore Leanne. I adore her work. I'm so happy to have her back and to be talking about her framework around this five season strategy. I think you're going to learn a lot and get a lot of takeaways. So listen in to hear Leanne share how a massive brain crash and being told she had five years to live uprooted and improved her life, how to live like it matters, 
the unexpected magic she discovered in her mission to help 50 mamas in 50 days, the five seasons of parenting and how to navigate them, and how to weather parenting storms and know when it's time to plant new seeds. So without further ado, I'm so excited to introduce you to my dear friend and colleague and person who I just adore so tremendously, Leanne Cabot. Leanne Cabot, welcome back to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you here. I am thrilled to be here. Thank you so much. This is going to be so fun. And so I have to remind our listeners, you were on the show. It's been a while ago now. It's been a while. (laughs) So that will be linked up in the show notes. And then by the time this goes live, you will have also been a guest speaker at Shameless MomCon. And I know, so excited. (laughs) And now you're coming on here a second time. So I just feel like what a blessing for me to get to have you in my life in all these fun ways. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I am so thrilled and so proud of you. I think this is so amazing for you to be able to serve the moms in your community. And I just love watching you flourish. It's been amazing. Oh my gosh. I feel exactly (laughs) the same about you. Like 100%. I've gotten to see you grow and evolve in really, really fun, expansive ways. So we're going to get into all of that, but oh, so exciting. So why don't we talk a little bit more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life right now, kind of beyond your bio and what you're most excited about right now? Yeah. So I think professionally, launching the Five Seasons Life has been huge. So in February, I produced my first book, The Five Seasons of Connection to Your Child, And I just realized that there were a lot more ways that this framework could be used. So I came up with the five seasons life as really a way to help people navigate all the relationships and all the obstacles that they find in their way. So using the framework of the five seasons of connection to your child, I've kind of expanded it into different ways. So that's what the five seasons life is. And I'm actually really excited about it because there isn't just one way to live, but once you understand what your seasons are and how you can go through the world, it just makes it so much more beautiful and much Mm -hmm. more peaceful when you kind of know that you have some tools in your back pocket, you know, in all the different weather streams. So I'm excited for that. And then I guess personally, I have, you know, a third teenager coming in my family this summer with my 12 year old turning 13. So I'll have three teens and (laughs) one of them leaves for college. And, you know, That just changes the family dynamic. So there's, you know, as much as you think you have your sea legs, you blink and then things change again. Mm -hmm. So parenting is just this constant, relentless navigation, right? Where you're always trying to figure out who needs what, who's going where and what things are coming, you know, quicker than others so that you can kind of brace yourself. So it's a wild ride. Yes. I remember a girlfriend telling me when Vinny was a tiny, tiny baby, and because I was very much of the, like, so ignorant as I was, I thought, I need to just figure out, like, this system for this, like, motherhood thing, and then, like, I'll dial it in, and it'll be done, right? Like, I figure it out once, and then I'm done, and my girlfriend was like, yeah, so as soon as you think you have it figured out, it's going to change, like, and no, everything is a phase, and none of the phases last more than three months, and I was like... (laughs) What? Like, this is devastating news to a control freak because I was right. like, I can't just learn one system and be done. I right. have to keep learning new systems. This is not going to work. It's so not going to work. And I think that's part of what the book framework actually was trying to help me with because I'm very much like you. I need things to be even, Steven, you know, and yeah. that things kept changing in such 
you know, not violent in terms of violent, but just really upheaval ways. I thought this is not good for me. So creating this strategy was really a way for me to calm down (laughs) and to just deal with the different personalities in my family, like not just my kids, but my husband and my in-laws, my own family of origin. Like I needed something to guide me. And so this was like, you know, that lighthouse in the storm that was very much a constant. And mm-hmm. so, yes, as phases keep changing, that's true. But if I could stay a little bit more constant, you know, and grounded in my own ways, then I could weather those storms a little bit easier. Right. So I'm exactly like you that way. I love that. I'm excited to dig into all this because I think that just the way you explain that sounds really, really comforting right? <laughs> to think like, oh, wait, if I can figure out a few things that can like, you know, withstand every season, then I can manage the unpredictability and the things that I can't control. Totally. And I'll feel like I have the resources to do that. And that feels really powerful. Mm hmm. Yeah, it has been for me and for the women that I've helped and the families I've helped. So I hope it helps your listeners as well. (laughs) Oh, I know it will. I know it will. So when you were last here, I remember doing the interview and having like goosebumps the whole time and being so excited to release that interview. And I remember how impactful it was. So no pressure, by the way, no pressure at all for a repeat performance. But I just recall how impactful the way that you speak and tell stories and teach lessons. I vividly recall how impactful that was and how much people appreciated that. So I'm so excited to dive into kind of this new area with you that you've been working in now for the last few years. Before we go there, I would love to back up a little bit. And I know the last time you were here, you did share your journey from being given five years to live. And that was now, was that 12 years ago that you were given that diagnosis? I just passed my 13 year anniversary. Oh my gosh. So 13 years ago, you were told that you had five years to live yeah. and you, over the course of that five years, started navigating life more fully, especially compared to the initial diagnosis, starting living more fully over the course of that five years. And now it's been 13 years. You've been hosting live events to help other mamas live fully and your life has just evolved in tremendous ways. So can you talk a little bit about how your life has evolved in the last couple of years, especially? I know people can go back and listen to that full story, which is mm. an amazing, amazing story and touch on the details that are important, obviously, but I want people to go listen to the full story because it's so powerful. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like 
a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. But then I would love for like a little update as to how the last couple years have been since you were last on the show and what you've really been focusing on in this time to lead up to the book. Yeah, thank you. So in 2006, I suffered this mysterious brain crash in March. My husband was traveling and I had two little ones asleep in the bed the night it happened and I was five months pregnant. And so the next eight months was really an exploration for practically anybody with an MD behind their name. I saw everybody. And it was really just trying to figure out what had happened to me and if it was going to happen again. And at the end of it, they did give me five years to live in November. And I guess for the first few years, I really got very quiet because I wanted to kind of slip quietly into that dark night, right? I wanted my kids just to carry on as if everything, you know, was just, wait a minute, didn't we have mom here and now she's not here? Like, I just really wanted to be very subtle. And that's just not who I am. That's just not who people are. And so after my, you know, my awakening, I got very loud and I got very demanding of my life. And I wasn't satisfied with being fine. And I didn't want it to be okay. I didn't want it to be, you know, filled with things that I was tolerating. I really wanted it to be full and juicy and spectacular. And so I made some pretty big choices for our family that really changed who we are as a family and who I am as a person. And so those are the things that I think has become even more pronounced in the last couple of years when I've really 
not denounced, but I really just live without considering my diagnosis and my brain condition. And so I know I mentioned that I travel a lot. <laughs> I travel a lot. And all I of love our, stalking pen- your travels. <laughs> it is so fun to watch you travel. And I think it's really a gift for my kids. You know, I have three children. Alex is 17 and a half. Nicole is 15 and a half. And Michael is 12 and a half. They all have summer birthdays. So I just love dragging them through the world and showing them different places, you know, because if anything were to happen to me, I don't want them to be afraid or to feel like the life that they live is the life that most people live. I mean, we're very privileged living in this part of the world. And I just want them to always be open to new people and new cultures and new experiences. And so travel is super important for me. And so I am working on my last two countries to make it to my 50 countries before I turn 50. Oh my gosh. Uh, I know, it's very exciting. And so they're just, you know, they're different people. We're all different people because of, you know, the choices that I've decided to make for us. And I think that's just one of the lessons that I want to impart with both the families that I work with, but also my own family is that we make choices. You know, we make choices every day. We make choices if we're going to buy that sweater or, you know, go to Starbucks every day, or if we're going to, you know, buy three pairs of shoes in different colors because we really love them. And that's fine. There's no judgment against that. But that has to mean something to you. Right. So when you put your time and your money and your energy towards the things that don't really matter, it leaves that little bit of an empty feeling. And then you get a little shame or you get a little, you know, that little niggling feeling inside that's just like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want them to live that way. And I try to encourage the families that I work with to decide what matters, right? What is it that you want? Is it that you want a big, beautiful house on the lake? Excellent. That's fantastic. Is it that you want to go camping in the summer and really be with nature? excellent, whatever it is, be all in, Mm -hmm. you know? And so for me, just seeing the world and helping my kids experience different languages and different foods and different, you know, uncomfortable situations. I mean, when you are in the middle of Russia and things are going a little bit (laughs) askew, you've got to be, you know, you've got to be with your wits. You have to, you know, be extra kind. You have to be animated. You have to be outgoing enough to walk up to someone and ask for help, right? And be vulnerable. And so it really has changed who we are as a family, you know, just kind of moving through the world. And I know that I've taught them skills that they wouldn't learn in a classroom. So to me, I'm super proud that I figured out what mattered and then I live what matters, right? Like I found some values that guide me personally and guide me as a parent. And then I help bring them into that. So they can either adopt the values that I have, or they can say, you know what, mom, I actually really think this is important to me. It's like, great, let's make space for that. I love that. I love the idea of living like it matters and thinking about how do I want to live like it matters? Because I think that You don't have to be given a five-year terminal diagnosis to shift your thinking around that. And for you, that was definitely, I think, the catalyst, it sounds Mm -hmm. like. But what a valuable lesson to pass on to everyone else that we can all start doing this right now. (laughs) We don't need to have this sense of like, oh my gosh, I might not be here in order for this to happen. No, absolutely. Really, And you don't even want to think about that for your kids, right? But if you can help them learn what matters... Mm -hmm. 
you know, then they are making good choices, right? And so, you know, I always tell my kids, make good choices, you know, make good choices for you. Mm -hmm. Don't make good choices for me because when I'm not there to watch you, Lord only knows what you're going to do. Right. Decide what good choices mean to you and then live to your values. If your value is honesty, live to that. Mm -hmm. If your value is integrity and you want to be a person of your word, live to that. But know who you are, right? And know what really matters. Right. Right. And I think that just as a relationship standard is super important, right? Yeah. Because we will find this, especially as we talk about the five seasons, you know, my core values are A, B, and C. My husband's not necessarily A, B, and C, right? So here you are trying to raise these kids with their own values, but you might, I mean, we have five people, we might have 50 values, (laughs) you know, so there is a hierarchy that has to happen. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the parents are on top, but it does mean you have to honor each person's values, right? You know, that they can live their own lives in accordance to the things that feel right and full and healthy and whole. Right, right. I'm thinking right now that my son's highest value is Harry Potter. And one of my highest values is my morning routine. Right (laughs) right now, we are definitely at odds. We're like, I'm finding myself at 5.55 a.m. reading chapters of Harry Potter when I'm like, but wait, this is what I'm supposed to be journaling. Right. (laughs) So I totally relate to your comment that you in a household, you have many Mm -hmm. values that are, and they're not always shared. Right. (laughs) So Yeah. So tell us what inspired the book. When I, so when we were last on the show and when I first met you, you had just taken over MamaCon, which is a local mom conference in Seattle, mm-hmm. and this like massive undertaking that you were so excited about to bring mamas together and really under this philosophy that no mama should mama alone. And so mm-hmm. now you've done that for a few years. And I know that the work behind the scenes on that event, I believe, is what has inspired the book. And so can you talk a little bit about the segue between the two? Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the interesting things that has happened because of MamaCon is I have become strangely, for me, like extremely spiritual. Mm. <laughs> and I think it's just interacting with so many people on so many different levels. I think it's just tapped into a part of me that I really didn't pay a lot of attention to. And so in 2017, I just had this overwhelming feeling that I needed to show up a little bit more. I needed to kind of be out there. And I'm not an out there person. I'm a super introvert. I could go months with nobody seeing me. Oh, I don't think I knew that. And I would not have guessed it. (laughs) You play it off very well as an extrovert. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. But it just have this feeling inside. And I had that feeling that I really needed to step out into the light. And so I just spontaneously filmed this video offering to help anybody with anything. And it was a little bit nerve wracking because I just thought, oh my gosh, what am I inviting into my life? But I put it up on Facebook and I said, I'm going to help 50 moms in 50 days. Do whatever you need. And so I put the video up. I don't even remember, maybe like a Tuesday. And I kind of forgot about it. And I opened up my email. I think it was Wednesday afternoon because the kids have half days on Wednesdays. There were... I don't know, 70 emails in there. Oh my gosh. I was floored. Facebook was flooded. And I looked at this video and after a few days, it had been like 3000 times viewed. And I thought, oh my gosh. So I set up a system and I started to 
schedule people in. So if they were local, I went to their house and we cooked and we cleaned and we gardened and we exercised and we shopped and we potty trained. We did really everything that women needed. And if they weren't local to me, I had calls with people in Australia and the Netherlands and Nigeria. And we did it over Zoom. We just let it all hang out. And what was interesting was it wasn't really about the potty training. It wasn't about the gardening. It wasn't about the cooking. It was this very vulnerable, sad state where these women were just desperate to be seen and to be heard and to be validated. And for somebody else to say that they weren't doing a bad job, you know, that they weren't failing their kids. (laughs) I'm going to choke up that they were doing a good job with them. Because I think what happens is parenting is really the most relentless, excruciating experience when you're disconnected from other people. You know, you are in your house, you are with these children and their needs are constant and ever changing. And you just don't know all the things that you need to do and to have and to be able to create when you're alone with your kids. And so for these women, they just felt completely exhausted and depleted. And it just broke me in many ways. But it also empowered me that I was like this wise woman, you know, who could come in and say, yeah, you know, yes, we can do potty training with jelly beans. Are you kidding? Let's put on the potty (laughs) song. We're going to do this today. You know, another woman is like, I can't pay my bills. I'm a single mom. Great. Tell me everything you've done in your life everything. And it was a couple of hours, we listed it all out. And we created a business that afternoon. Oh, my gosh. You know, she just texted me that she's making great money in this little side hustle that we started together in 2017. I mean, I did none of the work, but I just coached her through the darkness, you know, and if I could flicker for 50 people, it was amazing. So at the end of it all, I helped 68 women do all the things that they needed to be done. But I really think that it started this transformation in me in understanding what happens when we go dark. What happens when we're, hey, I mean, if you listen to episode 108 with Sarah and I, I mean, I was on the floor. I have been on the floor crying and sobbing many, many, many times as a mom. And it's all so much. It can all just be so very heavy. And so creating this framework really came out of this experience of working with these women to say, you know what, it's great that we have affirmations. It's awesome that, you know, we try to stay positive and we tell everyone, you know, chin up, it's going to be okay and enjoy every minute because when you blink, they'll be up and, you know, grown up and gone. That's all great. But in the moment, in that dark moment, you can't think about your child leaving for college. You know, you can't think of all of those happy memories when they were an infant and cooing in your lap. No, you're ready to, you know, implode. And so this framework really came as a gift from the universe, really. I mean, I didn't create it. It came to me one afternoon like a fire hose. And I just wrote it all down. And I created this idea of the seasons so that I could really teach myself, but also help other women when the darkness came, when the storms were raging, when the conflict was flying, when the chaos was consuming us, there's a way out of that. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to, 
you know, crush your child's spirit to kind of claw your way out of the darkness. It's not like that, you know, and nobody wants it to be, but they just didn't see any other way out. So this just hopefully was a way that I could help guide them to be their own light, you know, to shine it back on themselves and find what kind of parent they wanted to be and then activate that person. You are being so humble in the way you're talking about this. And you didn't mention, if memory serves, this was the timing, that you did took this mission on like in the month before you were leading up to your big annual event, MamaCon, that you have every May. And I remember watching you do this because you were posting online from time to time throughout the 50 days. And I remember thinking, how in the world is she doing this at like the most hectic time as she leads it up to this big event with all these women coming? And yet your mission every day was to show up for one person rather than thinking about, I mean, I'm sure you were also thinking about Mm. like, I have this event to pull off and all these people are going to show up and how can I serve them all? But you were also giving this really valuable time to one individual every day in the month leading up to, and I know, I believe it went on for a little while after the event as well, Mm -hmm. which that's a humongous undertaking under any circumstances, but also probably in the most busy month of your year every year. Yeah. I don't know what it was. Like if I think back to it, it was so crazy, you know, but we all do that. We sign up for the auction, (laughs) you know, the same month of Mother's Day or, you know, our husband is turning 50 and we have some big party and, you know, we sign up to do cupcakes every week for soccer. I mean, I don't know why we do what we do. I think we get a little bit carried away, but I also think those are the moments that we listen to those whispers. And Mm -hmm. so for me, it was, yes, I have this big event and the event needs this extra layer of love. You know, I need to be a different person to be at this event. And I think that's really what it was that, you know, I see this in my business. I see this as my parent, you know, in my parenting, I see this as my personhood, I need to take on these new experiences to become more of who I'm trying to be, Mm, right? And so, yes, it was super hectic. You're absolutely right. You know, have I thought about it? Would I have done it another time? Probably because, you know, I sat on the stage for that event and I was just like, okay, (laughs) we're here. But I really needed to hear all of those women. I needed to really walk the walk, right? If I say no mama should mama alone, And I just show up on my stage and say, okay, who's here with me? I didn't really sit with those women and say, hey, I see that you're on the floor. I see the tears are streaking your cheeks. You know, I hear you. I know you're hurting, but you're not alone. You know, I have had that experience. I can help you with this. I know someone who helps people with that. Come on, we can declutter this. It'll take us an hour easily. Let's just put on some music. Let's just get it done, right? It's, I think we lack the village, mm-hmm. right? And so to expect women to do all the things, I mean, really all the things mm-hmm. perfectly. Nobody is allowed to make mistakes anymore. Nobody can really stumble and fall. It's way more than we were designed to do. So to have somebody come beside you, kind of hook their arm under yours and say, yeah, your kitchen is a total disaster. I get it. Let's just put on a cup of tea and let's get it done. I mean, it isn't about the mess. It's just that feeling of, I just can't do it for one more moment. I just don't know how to do it. You know, I just don't have the strength to do it. And that's when you lean on somebody else. And so I think for me to put on the event, I needed to lift up more people 
personally. You know, I needed to be that mom that sat on those floors, that cleaned out the potties, that pulled up the weeds, you know, that went through the closets and said, it's going to be okay. Because I mean, it is, it's going to be okay. Right. And I'm just honored that they reached out. I mean, I had some friends who were like, oh my gosh, finally time with Leanne. Yeah. Put me on your calendar. But I think (laughs) for the most part, over 60 of the women had never heard of me before. Wow. And I thought you're taking a chance. Like (laughs) you're in Nigeria and you're having this two hour call with me to talk, you know, that floored me, you know, that the world is such a place that somebody half a world away could find solace and comfort in a woman, you know, outside of Seattle Mm -hmm. that she just happened to see by accident on Facebook, you know, it felt very spiritual. So yeah, Yeah. the book really came out of all of the love and all of the pain and all of the moments, you know, all of the moments, not everybody called me, you know, was kind of a mess. Some people were like, I'm having the time of my life. Come, let's go walk. I'm like, yay, let's do that. You know, (laughs) I'm sure you were ready for some of those days every now and then, like they needed to be peppered in. (laughs) Yeah, It did get a little heavy there for a while. But I think that's just the sign of our times, right? My mother did not do a 10th of what I do as a mother, right? did not even consider doing a 10th. She was just like, nope, 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 not doing it. Going to get my haircut, you can have beefaroni, you know? Right. We aren't those people anymore. So there has to be a space for us to reach out and hold each other. So let's talk about the season. So you have five seasons in the book. Mm-hmm. And can you walk us through some of that or as much as feels appropriate for time frame and leaving a little to be desired because I want people to go get the book. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I do have five seasons and I think how it came to me was just in this cycle, right? Like, because I know we have seasons of parenting, you know, there's the toddlerhood and the teen season and, you know, it goes like that, but moment to moment, the seasons for me became very clear. And so for me, winter is that dark time the time of conflict, the time of bag throwing, eye rolling, door slamming, (laughs) temper tantruming, you know, all the things, those dark times. And it doesn't matter how old your child is. I've had them all up until 17 and a half. And every day there could be darkness, you know, Mm -hmm. every day there could be conflict and chaos and disconnection. So to me, that was winter. And then spring is as it is in nature, a time of rebirth. So in the book, I outline, I think, 10 strategies for spring cleaning. And I really think about it as spring cleaning, because you have to clear away some of the debris from winter, you know, the branches have fallen, you know, things have knocked over the cold has kind of, you know, decimated some of your yard, you really do need to clean it up. And so, there are strategies in the book on what does spring cleaning look like for your family. And this isn't a one size fits all. There are, I think, 10 strategies because some things will work for your family and other things will not at all. And that's totally fine. It's just a little bit of a buffet. And at some point further on in your journey, you might be like, oh my gosh, wait a minute. That didn't work when they were four, but nine? Hello, Mm. I need it. You know, summer is our happy place. You know, it is those moments where you sit back and you think, hmm, this is good. 
you know, this is grand. I am blessed. We are happy. We are laughing. We're sharing stories. We're giggling. We've got inside jokes like that summer, right? It is really the place you want to be. Fall happens when you get a little complacent in summer. You know, you don't notice maybe you bark an order instead of asking them to pick up their bag or move their shoes. Or maybe, you know, it's a little bit sharper than you meant and it bristles. So fall is when the chill starts to creep back in. And it really is a time to pay attention. You can get back to summer for sure. But if you keep going on that path, you'll find yourself back in winter. Mm. And then the fifth season, which obviously isn't in nature. But for me, I call it the crossroads. And it's that moment you know, when the bag gets thrown or the door gets slammed or, you know, the back talk starts or, you know, any of those moments where you decide as a parent, mm, am I going to die on this hill with this argument? <laughs> am I going down this road with this? Am I going to be like, don't you dare walk into this house like that young lady? You don't slam your things or, or are you going to say, hey, hi, honey, what's going on? Is everything okay? You know, are did something happen? <laughs> you know, so it's really the moment where you choose, am I going into winter? Am I going into the darkness? Or am I going to try to guide my child back to summer? It could be your child is hungry, or thirsty, or maybe they got scared. You know, maybe there was a car driving a little bit slow behind them on their walk home, and it just rattled them. And they don't even recognize what happened, but they feel rattled. We don't always know what they're processing. We don't know what lands and what kind of slides off of them. So to have a moment to pause at the crossroads allows you to check in with them and allows them to check in with themselves. And I know this may not work, you know, necessarily with parents of young children, but I know my kids now that they're teenagers, they will check in with me. Mom, are you okay? Did something happen? And I'll be like, dude, mm -hmm. they're at the crossroads with me. That's awesome. Yeah. And so I get to check in with myself and I'll say, you know what? Actually, I had a really bad experience at the store and somebody really, really hurt me. And it was just, I don't even know this person, but it stuck with me. And so I'm sorry, I shouldn't have brought that home. I'm going to take a few minutes and I'm just going to let that go. I'm going to go read a book or I'm going to go have a shower or I'm going to make a cup of tea thank you for checking in with me, right? And so when we use these systems with our kids, they will then learn them and be able to use them not only with themselves, but with other people around them. And that, to me, is kind of the gift that keeps on giving. Right. When your kids can reflect back parenting. Right. It's pretty amazing. It's we pretty haven't amazing. gotten there in my household yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so coming. I know it is. I've seen some of your posts and it's like, yeah, actually, you know what? Vinny's looking for connection. He's looking yeah. and he knows that Harry Potter makes him happy, right? So that that imagination and that creative spirit and the magic of what that book creates, he wants to pull you on that journey with him. Right. right. So he is going to have these skills too. There's no doubt in my mind that he will because he's already finding ways to connect with you on a deeper level. And at the end of it all, to me, that's what it's about, right? To not only have children and raise children, but to connect with them as parents and then as people. Right. And it doesn't mean, you know, you throw all your rules out the window to be their best friend because it's not about that. But it really is to find ways to honor the best parts of them 
and teach them how to find the best parts in others, right? Because that's kind of how kindness grows and how love gets spread, you know, that their very best shows up when they go out into the world. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I absolutely agree. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. We have this a lot, especially around the age of five or so. So Vinny's six and a half now, but around the age of five, (laughs) him noticing where he is socially versus other kids. And so he, especially he had two classmates in preschool who had some developmental delays and he would talk about them in different ways. And one of them in particular bit classmates a lot. And then he was the recipient of a few bites. And so when we talked about that, we talked a lot about, oh, well, that friend is still learning how to use their words. And so like really reframing it. And Mm -hmm. so it's been really interesting as he's gotten a little bit older to see him make those kinds of connections around things. And we've carried that into kindergarten and being in a new school and learning new people's personality types in this new classroom. And oh, this person is still learning how to sit still. And this person's still learning how to use their words. And this person's still learning their letters and their numbers and all these things. And it's been really, really great to see him like after us using that kind of language around him for him to start reflecting that back and using it in different capacities. It's so hopeful when you see your kids do that and you're like, yes, I'm raising a solid human being here. (laughs) Yeah. He will continue to astound you in ways that you don't even know. Right. And those moments are summer moments, right? Where you're just like, oh, this is the very best that this can be. Right. And there will be so many very bests. And so It absolutely is true. But to capture those and to hold on to those moments, because Mm -hmm. there will be times that the relationship is not quite so fulfilling (laughs) and it's not quite so evolved. And you'll be like, whoa, oh, my, I need to hang on to those very, very moments, you know, that kind of filled my soul. And we need to get back there. Right, right. So I remember because this definitely happens in parenting. And I remember noticing this when I worked in a psychiatric hospital in my very first career. And I remember talking with a coworker one day and I worked with little kids and it was so exhausting and so overwhelming. And I remember at one point being like, I just need like one really good shift a month to where I feel like I'm making a difference. And then the rest of them, because I mean, I would often like day after day after day, leave the hospital feeling like, what did I even do any good today? Mm-hmm. And I needed like one shift a month. I worked usually six days a week. So I was like, I need like one hospital shift a month to be like, today's the day I made a difference. And that could fuel me to yeah. the whole next month. And so I totally agree with the idea of seasons. And like that one summer day, it gets mm-hmm. you through the next 30 days of winter. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. But that no, it day is totally really is. important. It is. And I, you mentioned something earlier and it was about journaling. And I mm. think when we have a little bit more 
of a framework, you know, you have a morning practice, I have a morning practice, I have an evening practice, you know, they're not long, they're not super involved, but they do ground and center me to remind me about my values and about, you know, the things that I'm prioritizing. And so one of the powerful things about journaling, which I talk about in the book, is really not only getting out your feelings in that moment, but also going back in time and saying, oh, I totally forgot that that had happened. Like, look how far we've come. You know, it really is a milestone tracker, especially when your kids are young, you know, from three to seven, they change so dramatically and they're becoming who they are. And then they're starting school and their peers are influencing them in new ways that had never happened before. So journaling a little bit more about your perspective and your involvement as a parent is pretty critical in these years because you get to track the progress because in the moment you're like, oh my God, we're doing this again. We're here again. We're fighting again. I'm (laughs) nagging again. I'm barking again. I'm saying the 10th thing for the 10th time in the 10th day. I can't take it anymore. Right. But you look back and you're like, oh, actually four months ago, it was 20 times. So (laughs) yes, progress. Totally. Totally. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about how these seasons lead us to connection. You've given some great examples already, but how they lead to connection and less chaos. Because I think Mm -hmm. that's what's really potentially really hopeful for our listeners is Mm -hmm. like you mentioned, like having a framework where we feel like we're mitigating chaos and minimizing Mm -hmm. chaos. I think the key, you know, as I was flipping through, I think I've read my book like six times in the past few weeks, just kind of checking in with myself and making sure that I'm thinking about things right And one of the things that keeps popping up to me is just the level of self-awareness changes everything, right? So when you're aware of who you are, both as a person and as a parent, and you help your children start on that journey of self-awareness, then it creates the space for conversation, right? And you get to see how you're connected. So you might think you're on opposite sides of something, But when you speak a little bit more or you share a little bit more, you can find the threads that tie you back together, you know, in that great family knot. And so having this framework, having this book is really allowing people to become more self-aware in ways that they had not even thought of. So the first half of the book is about the seasons and the second half of the book is about parenting the elements of parent awareness. And it's, you know, what is your child's temperament? What is their love language? What are the things that they value the most? What are the things that you value the most? What kind of baggage did you bring in from your own childhood? You know, and I don't think we think about that in the heat of the moment, but oftentimes women will say, oh my God, my mother just came out of my mouth. (laughs) And you're like, yeah, she lives inside of you. And if you want to be that person, if you want to have those messages, recognize them and celebrate them. But if you don't want those messages, because sometimes they could be hurtful or demeaning or whatever they could be, then recognize them and shift them, right? Once you see them and you hear them and you get to know them and why they still live in you, you can unpack that a little bit more. So the second half of the book really is about you as a parent. It isn't necessarily about the child specifically, but it's about the interaction, right? That space that lives between you as a person and them as a person. Right. And so that self-awareness, I think, is really key. And the second thing that helps lead us to more connection and kind of take away some of the chaos is it allows 
a little bit more space for positive parenting. And I know when I was raising my kids, timeouts were all the rage. Like if you were not doing timeouts with your kids, there was something wrong with you. And I think one of the things that people are going to start to see as some of these kids get a little bit older is that they are really struggling with knowing what to do with their big, messy emotions. Mm -hmm. Because when they were having them as little kids, we sent them and sat them on a chair or we sent them to their room and we didn't help them process it. So now they're 20 and they have these big, messy emotions and they don't know what to do with them. And I think it's really been a disservice. So Mm -hmm. the whole positive parenting movement is really changing the dynamic of allowing kids to feel the feelings, and then how do we activate the healthy responses? So it isn't just a reactionary or self-sabotaging kind of reaction. It really is, let's take these big emotions and let's find out what the core hurt is. What is the thing inside of you that is hurt the deepest in this moment? And let's work on that piece. You know, and it's a partnership because my 15-year-old daughter does not have the skills to deal with some of the things that kids who are 15 today have to deal with. And I mean, I just meet other families, especially of teen kids, and there's heavy stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And I think our kids need more of us. You know, they don't need more screens. They don't need more money. They don't need more technology. They need more psychogeography. They need more shoulder to shoulder arm in arm, hip to hip, side by side, Mm -hmm. saying, let's talk about this. Like, yeah, get mad, get angry, get furious, get ragey, get hurt. And let's get through it together. Yeah. I was just having a conversation with someone the other day about my propensity to be like, just have a good attitude and focus on what you're grateful for and be positive all the time. (laughs) And the challenge for me to sit with my child's hard feelings and big feelings versus like trying to Mm -hmm. stuff those to the side and focus on like, what are three things you're grateful for right now? And I've had to be really conscientious of that. And like you said, the shoulder to shoulder, like, I know you're really angry and I will sit with you on these steps for 40 minutes while we Mm -hmm. process this anger, even though it's the last thing I want to do right now, (laughs) even though I just did this two hours ago (laughs) and two hours before that, let's do it again. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think it's super important because the next day he might be at Billy's house and he'll have these big feelings and he'll remember those times that he sat with you and he knows what to do. He'll say, oh yeah, I need to sit here for a few minutes or I need to play with this Tonka truck and I just need to process this or I need to go home or I need to get a drink. You know, he will have some tools to get through it. The more you practice, the more amazing he will be at doing this, right? I mean, we just don't have enough practice with our kids having them unpack these big emotions because our tendency is to not be uncomfortable. Yes. And so we're like, yeah, let's be happy. Let's be grateful. I mean, all of us do it and there is time for that. Mm -hmm. But remember when there's a huge storm blowing through your community, it's not the time to go out and plant new seeds, right? It's not the time to go put up your bonsai. No, it's really time to hunker down inside and let the storm pass. And when it's passed, then you can go and do some of the cleanup, right? So after the rage, after the temperature comes down a little bit, there is time to be grateful for things. There is time to find that silver lining, but not in the moment. And I think us being uncomfortable pushes us to want to take all of those big feelings and put them away. But it doesn't really necessarily serve our kids because they just, they need to learn how to manage the conflict, how to manage the hurt feelings, how to manage their big emotions. 
And so it's our responsibility really to help them learn how to process those so that they can do it on their own. Right, right. Absolutely. And it's interesting to see how that's evolved in our household, especially with Vinny's feelings. We started a practice when he was probably three of taking deep breaths together, which Mm -hmm. was he like couldn't even really do it when he was three. But what's interesting now is when he feels himself escalating to a certain point, especially if when he knows we're short on time and like he knows he needs to pull it together, I can just hear it in his tone and he'll come to me. He'll be like, will you take deep breaths with me? And I'm like, anytime. Like we, I mean, countless times have we sat on our stairs taking deep breaths together. And now Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like the best gift I ever gave this kid. And I know it will be a tool that he'll use forever. And it'll probably be something that he'll make fun of me someday for like, my mom always made me take deep breaths, but it works for him. And so we're using it for as long as it works. And, you know, I mean, that is one of the most important tools that you could have given him so far. And there will be more, right? Right, So it's just, so you get to like check off that little deep breathing box and be like, all right, we've mastered this. And I know that he can pull it together you know, and pull out that tool when he needs it. Now we get to add another one. I love that. I love that so much. It's been cute. Sometimes it's not so cute. Sometimes (laughs) I'm like, take the deep breaths faster. (laughs) So I want you to tell me in all of this work that you've done, and I know that you've had the such a huge blessing to spend so much time with mamas and see things, you know, evolve in your own parenthood journey and in the conversations that you've had with other mamas in recent years. What do you see mamas needing most today? I mean, I think from the women that I see, from the women that I know, we want to be seen, we want to be heard, and we want to be recognized for our wholeness. You know, I think the days are over where you are a stay-at-home mom or you are a working mom, you know, or like, I think these little boxes were convenient for somebody. I'm not sure who, but they really (laughs) are not reflective of who we are. And I think the wholeness is what most people want to see because I mean, the women that I know were phenomenal professionals before they had kids and they continue to be some of the smartest women I know, you know, that doesn't change because they're doing laundry or it doesn't change because they do dishes. You know, it just it feels like the compartmentalization of people has gone by the wayside. Like we really need to get rid of it. I don't even know why we still have it, but recognizing people for their wholeness and tapping into their skills and their natural abilities, and then helping them feel safe to ask for help when it's not their area of expertise, when it's not their area of strength. You know, I was a teacher for many years, and I can promise you, I was a miserable kindergarten teacher. Like, I had 45 children asking me to tie shoes, and I was just like, I literally wrote a note home and said, get Velcro shoes for your child. And I slapped it in their lunchbox and I sent it home. I was terrible. I'm like, I don't have the patience to tie so many shoes. Like all of these children have two feet. Like that's, that's all I'm doing all day. Right. <laughs> so where did I find my groove with older kids? You know, and so that's the same with parenting. You may not excel at every moment of parenting. Mm-hmm. Every age your child is, but you have access to other people, to friends or to family, where you'd be like, hey, can you come and take my daughter to, you know, the ice show? I'm really not into it, but I know she would love it. And I think it would be great for you. And, you know, so really bringing in more people to create a whole experience, but not expecting yourself to provide the wholeness. Like you need to be whole in and of yourself, but you can't provide wholeness to every experience that everyone around you needs. Like, 
I think that's just a little bit much. Yeah, yeah. So for me, it's just really being okay with exactly who you are, exactly where you are. There are things I suck at and I'm okay with that. I mean, my husband isn't always okay when it has to do with housework. And he's like, hey, Leanne, should we be calling hoarders over? Because this would be a really good episode. I'm like, you know what? No, don't call them yet. I'll work on it. I'll get the children to unpack. But, you know, I think it's just recognizing and being okay that who we are is absolutely perfect. And we don't need to be all things to all people. Yes. But to welcome in the people that can supplement where we don't necessarily want to put our energy. Right. I think that's just really important. People are just driven in these really funky ways to try to do all the things. And then the things that really matter often get sacrificed. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't want that. You know, I want the things that matter to be the most important things you do. And if you do two things in a day and those are the two most important things, that fills me up. That's like, oh yeah, I would cheer for that. Yes. Yes. And this was one of my important things today was doing this interview. <laughs> so my, my two important things today. This has been so good. I knew that it would be so good, but I just so appreciate your energy and your time and your wisdom. And it's always so amazing and impactful and powerful. And I really, really appreciate it. So thank you for being here. I want you to tell everyone where they can find you, where they can find the book, The Five Seasons of Connection to Your Child, and where they can connect with you and all those good things. Yeah, absolutely. So on Facebook, I'm Leanne Cabot, or The Five Seasons Life. And the website is the five seasons of com, And there are courses and workshops and the two books are available there. Amazing. We will have that all linked up in the show notes over at shamelessmom.com. And Leanne, thank you. Thank you. You have next book. You got to come back again. Yes. Yes. (laughs) It'll be September. So we'll schedule it. Oh my gosh. Yay. I didn't even know that. Yay. So exciting. Thank you. Thank Thank you for your time today. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly.
Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.